Hello, this is Crash, the UK Geek Podcast, otherwise known embarrassingly as Captain Roy's Rocket Radio Show, the UK podcast for the culture geek, technology nerd and creative wizard. I'm Roy, this is episode 383, recorded on Thursday the 20th of May 2021 at 2300 hours. Hello again. Tonight was a rush job, as you might know if you've been reading my tweets. I started watching this revisit of Doctor Who Horror of Fang Rock today. I also wrote the notes today. I just finished not so long ago. And now I'm recording this. Hopefully the rush won't mean that the quality of this episode has suffered. I don't think it has. Also, I am taping this on the wrong night. This should have been taped last night, but I was nowhere near ready. And frankly, I don't care at the moment. The most important thing is that I'm back. That's the main thing. I'm back. No matter... What happens unless I'm struck by lightning or whisked off to a different dimension? Or kidnapped by the beautiful Titania, Queen of the Fairies? The next pod you hear, if none of those things happen, will be the General Geek Show taped on Monday. The Wednesday taping is also back in the coming week when you can expect me to be holding forth to a completely silent audience, because I'm the only one here, about Doctor Who, the Invisible Enemy. Oh, by the way, that wasn't a passive-aggressive statement, I just meant when I'm taping, no one apart from me is listening, as this isn't a live show. And God, what a terrifying prospect that would be, taping this live. Yes, you can enjoy... Doctor Who, the Invisible Enemy, soon. Before we get on to the main part of the show, there is something I just wanted to address because it seems to be impossible to be a Doctor Who fan for as long as I've been without addressing the current Noel Clark and John Barrowman situation. To recap, both have been accused of fairly serious misconduct by those who have worked with them, Also, there is a Guardian and Daily Mirror article that have printed some fairly difficult-to-refute claims. And now that we are getting an impression of the perhaps toxic atmosphere that may have been around during the early Russell T. Davies showrunner era, It makes the way that Christopher Eccleston bowed out after such a short time in the New Who role seem actually quite reasonable, because perhaps he had good reason. That does make me feel a little bad for a number of reasons, mainly because Christopher Eccleston and other people might have suffered but also because I may have got things really wrong, because I remember around that time, I was thinking to myself, 
when he started complaining. Man, this guy's complaining about this plum roll. And why would he do that? Which shows the extent of my naivety. It also adds credence to Cadulthood Adam Deacon's side of his spat with Noel Clark. Does this change my feelings about the characters Mickey Smith, played by Noel Clark in New Who, or Captain Jack Harkness, played by John Barrowman, also in New Who? Well, yes, slightly. It has undoubtedly slightly tarnished my enjoyment of those likeable characters. I'm still able to separate the characters from the actors, just as I have had to separate many of the things I like from their flawed creators, but it does detract from the whole spirit of Doctor Who. And again, I know that the entertainment industry, the media industry, like any other walk of life, is filled with nice people and terrible people and average people and morally dubious people and great people. It's all over the place like real life. But there is something about Doctor Who and the whole idea of the Doctor's ethical stance which clashes with, I suppose, the reality of everyday filming. I feel a little let down. I'll almost certainly get over it, but the whole thing kind of sucks. Anyway, let's leave New Who behind and go back in time to Old Who and talk about Horror of Fang Rock from 1977. As usual, let's start off with some notes. Tom Baker, of course, plays the fourth Doctor. His companion is Leela, played by Louise Jameson. Horror of Fang Rock was directed by Paddy Russell. The writer was Terence Dix. The script editor, Robert Holmes. The producer, Graham Williams. Yes, last week we waved goodbye to the horror and schlockmeister himself, Philip Hinchcliffe. Graham Williams took over and for a while toned down the scares due to pressure on the Beeb from miserable campaigners like Mary Whitehouse. Boo, I remember Mary Whitehouse, do you? Oh, man. The location for horror of Fang Rock was BBC Pebble Mill in Birmingham. More about that later. Regarding the broadcast, this is the first serial of season 15 and consisted of four 25-minute episodes. It was first broadcast from the 3rd to the 24th of September 1977 and follows the Talons of Wang Chiang, which we talked about in Pod 380. To give you a flavour of the time, let's do our On This Day segment. Well, as far as I could see, a little bit of stuff happened 
in World Baseball, which I know nothing about. And I'm sure baseball is a lovely sport, but it's not one that I follow. So, who really cares? Let's move on to something else. Uh, According to the BBC On This Day page, on the 3rd of September 1977, the former Home Secretary Roy Jenkins announced that he was stepping down to become the President of the European Commission. And I believe the only British President of the European Commission ever. Though there are quite a few countries, and we're not exactly the biggest country, What else? Oh yeah, I also found out that Elvis, who I am a fan of, apparently though not a very good fan because I didn't know about this, was number one in the UK with a song called Way Down. Yeah, I don't know what that is either. I can't remember hearing it and I didn't listen to it prior to the podcast so I have no idea what that sounds like. Wasn't this a simply riveting section? Let's actually move on to Horror of Fang Rock. In Horror of Fang Rock, instead of taking Leela, who is dressed for the early 19th century beach, to Brighton, the Doctor is let down by the TARDIS again and arrives at the storm-lashed Fang Rock Island. The Doctor and Leela head for the nearby lighthouse, and there they find a dead lighthouse keeper. The surviving lighthouse keepers are an old chap called Reuben and a young guy called Vince. Vince earlier reported a light falling from the sky and was generally disbelieved by his fellow lighthousemen. The lighthouse's lamp is powered by a newfangled electricity supply, which is faulty, and thus the lighthouse's lamp fails and causes a boat that's sailing nearby to wreck itself on the island's sharp and jagged rocks. The survivors of the wrecked boat also make their way to the lighthouse. Back to that first discovered dead body, the doctor examines it and decides that the body had been dissected by a hostile alien that wanted to know the inner workings of a human body. In other words, an autopsy by an alien rather than an alien autopsy. (laughs) Old and slightly crazed (laughs) Reuben, I'm not sure I'm being fair, but he does seem like a bit of a simpleton, seemingly becomes possessed, and one by one, the shipwreck survivors and the lighthouse men are killed by either a glowing light or a glowing Reuben. Is there a connection? Well, when the Doctor finds Reuben's body, he realises that the alien is a shapeshifter who, since Reuben's death, has taken on his form in order to eliminate the occupants of the lighthouse. The alien is a glowing green ball-like form, 
and it has these long trailing white tendrils. I think it's quite cool looking. The alien is a scout of the Rutan Empire and is attempting to contact its mothership to tell his fellow Rutan warriors of the suitability of Earth as a base from which they can launch a strike to turn the tide against their enemy, the Sontarans. The Doctor says to the Rutan that all humans will be destroyed when the Sontarans bomb Earth with photonic missiles. The Rutan replies that it cares nothing for humans and is not swayed. The Doctor uses fire and heat to fight the heat-sensitive Rutan because the Rutan has evolved as first a water-dwelling and then land-dwelling creature. Using that technique, the Doctor, Leela, and Colonel Skinsdale, who is now the only remaining survivor, push the Rutan back to the generator room. Colonel Skinsdale retrieves his late employer's diamonds. His late employer, this unpleasant and arrogant rich Aristo, was killed earlier. However, in the act of retrieving those diamonds, Skinsdale is himself killed by the Rutan. The Doctor and Leela finally mortally wound the Rutan using a hacked flare mortar launcher, and Leela gloats as the Rutan dies. The Doctor then uses those diamonds which were retrieved earlier to convert the lighthouse lamp into a laser to destroy the Rutan mothership. Yeah, I don't know the science of that either. As the pair... The Doctor and Leela run from the lighthouse. Leela is blinded by the blast of the exploding mothership. She immediately asks to be euthanized because in her tribe, the weak and the elderly are killed, so as not to be a burden to the others. But the Doctor assures her that her blindness is only temporary. Leela's eyes change colour from brown to blue. The Doctor quotes a poem about an empty lighthouse as the pair enter the TARDIS. And that is it for Horror of Fang Rock. Let me swiftly move on to what I thought. This is the first post-Hinchcliffe story. The horror is toned down, but I still think this is a nicely nasty story because of how it ends, which we'll talk about in just a moment. But before that, let's just talk briefly about Leela. Leela, in this story, meets a fellow female of the period, and she is not impressed at all, because the woman 
has not seen death before. There's also a scene where she slaps the woman, and another where she rolls her eyes. Leela also helps the Doctor find a solution to the problem of how to get rid of the mothership, using that lamp amplified by diamonds, though admittedly she does that unintentionally. During the story, she also manipulates the Doctor by massaging his notoriously sizable ego. There is a scene where she finds a sledgehammer, practices wielding it, and then smashes the door in with the sledgehammer. She also has a scene when she throws her knife at the deadly Rutan, which is disguised as old Reuben. And finally, when the alien lies mortally wounded and dying, she leans over it and gloats with delight. While her ethics are certainly questionable, she is unquestionably a total badass. I think this is the second time I've used the word badass in this podcast. I think I'm going to stop using it. (laughs) Okay, where were we? Oh yeah, I said earlier that this is a nicely nasty story because of how it ends. Let's talk about that right now. By the end of Horror of Fang Rock, every human and every Rutan are dead. The only survivors are the Doctor and Leela. Though, in fairness, they have stopped an alien invasion and the annihilation of the human race. Anyway, as the only survivors, even though they've done a good job of stopping the Earth being destroyed, you would have thought they would be both a little down. On the contrary, despite the bloodbath, The Doctor seems amused that they are leaving a mystery reminiscent of a poem called Flanan Isle by a chap called Wilfred Gibson, which was also a major influence on this script. In conclusion, IMDb and the Radio Times both rated it well. I also know, and every fan of Doctor Who knows, that this is a firm fan favourite. And on re-watching it, perhaps for the third or fourth time, I'm not quite sure, but I definitely did see this the first time round, I think it's a snappy four-parter. Yeah, thank you for being a four-parter and not an incredibly tedious six-parter. And it has a weirdly satisfying off-kilter tragic ending, which is just how I occasionally like endings to go. It is not, then, at all run-of-the-mill. It is interesting, and it ends interestingly. Let's move on to some trivia. This is the only Old Who serial entirely filmed outside London at the BBC's Pebble Mill studio in Birmingham. I remember 
Pebble Mill Studio because when I was young, there was a talk show hosted from there. I don't know if it's still a thing. But anyway, where were we? The reason that this was filmed in Birmingham was because there was engineering work going on at BBC Television Centre in London. Louise Jameson, Leela, stipulated that she would only remain in the role if she was allowed to stop wearing the painful brown contact lenses. The eye colour change was written into the script and explained as a symptom of her eyes being exposed to the flash of the exploding Rutan ship. And here again we have another instance of the Baker and Jameson friction. I have read that Tom Baker tried to upstage Jameson by coming in too soon with his lines until she started insisting on multiple retakes. And then supposedly won Tom Baker's respect. Who knows? There was a previous Terence Dix script called The Witch Lords, which was then commissioned as The Vampire Mutations, that clashed with the BBC's adaptation of Count Dracula. And so Horror of Fang Rock was written as a replacement for that. The Vampire Mutations was later rewritten as State of Decay for a 1980 Doctor Who story. However, there are a few callbacks to vampire-like stuff, because even in this adventure, a ship crashes in a storm, strange and terrible deaths follow, and the bosun's name is Harker. So it looks like they at least easter-egged a few things into this even though it was a completely different script about a completely different subject. And that, as my voice gets ever-increasingly croaky, is it. We are finished. That is my recap of Horror of Fang Rock and what I thought about it. I'm just faffing around at the moment, saying not too much as a prevarication while I scroll down to see what I have to say next. And no, there isn't anything to say next, apart from to repeat what I said at the top of the show, and join me when we do our next revisit, and that will be a Doctor Who story called The Invisible Enemy. Man, my voice is so croaky right now. And there is a hell of a lot of traffic behind me. What the hell is going on out there? There's so much traffic, it's as though they're gearing up for War of the Worlds or something. Maybe, I don't know. What am I talking about? There is just so much traffic out there. What the hell is going on? Anyway, this show that you have just listened to is produced, presented, and edited by me, Roy Martha, a writer. Martha is spelled M-A-T-H-U-R. You can find more about me or get in touch at roymartha.com. You can also contact my complaints department at 
null, that is N-U-L, if you are using a Microsoft operating system, or at slash dev slash null N-U-L-L, if you are using a Unix-based operating system. Man, that is a nerdy and annoying joke, I apologize. If you want to help, please review and rate the show on whatever platform you listen, recommend it to a friend or a mortal enemy, or click on the contact or support link on the website. You have just witnessed the awe and grandeur of Captain Roy's Rocket Radio Show Crash, the UK podcast for the culture geek, technology nerd and creative wizard. Wait a minute, isn't that the awe and majesty of the Twilight Zone? Yeah, it's not grandeur. Anyway, where were we? Stop saying anyway. Anyway, this was episode... Stop being so damned tedious and tell them what the episode number was. What was the episode number? Oh yeah, this was episode 383, recorded on Thursday the 20th of May 2021. And the time at the end of the show is, thank God, 23.37.49. Thanks for listening, everybody, and bye-bye for now. Bye. Shut up, traffic. It's as if they know exactly when I'm podcasting and then decide to start driving up and down. Bastards.